our Savior is worthy to be praised. Psalmist says, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, our God is worthy to be praised. So why don't you give God your best hand clap of praise in this place as we celebrate him for who he is. But God has truly blessed us, and he continues to bless us each and every day, particularly when we get to gather together as worshipers, that we could turn our attention to him, that we could turn off all the distractions, Matt, and focus on him. Good to see you, man. And so glad to see each and every one of you who have gathered here as we sung God's praises unto him. Now we want to direct our attention to his word. And our message for the morning is coming from the letter, the book of Colossians. You'll find that in the New Testament of your Bibles, your copy of God's Word. So if you grab a copy of God's Word um, or your device and you just turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, we'll begin at verse 6 for our message for the morning. For I believe that God has a word in store for each and every one of us, and a word that will invite us to go deeper with him. Because if you've been with us in our series called Face to Face, we've been really exploring how God's Word has challenged us and commanded us in how we ought to engage with one another in relationship. You know, we began this series on Mother's Day where we uh, talked about how the relationship of a mother and a child ought to be and how it's a blessing before God. We talked about um, how spouses are in relationship with one another and how to do so in a manner that pleases God. We talked about how children ought to be in relationship with their parents, how parents ought to be in relationship with their children. And we also talked about how we ought to relate to ourselves as it relates to how God sees us, that we should see ourselves as God sees us. Well, on this Sunday, with this message, we looked at all the relationships that are horizontal, those that are on an earthly plane. On this Sunday, we want to look at a vertical relationship that is essential for each and every one of us, and that is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to invite your attention to that second chapter of Colossians, and I want to read verse 6 and verse 7. It's a pivotal moment in this writing where the writer Paul, in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes these words, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Again, he says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. That is our command. That is our goal as believers, that we grow in our relationship with Christ. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, we want to speak to you from that very title, Growing in Christ. Our relationship with God is intended to grow. You know, we have a lot of relationships. Um, we were built for relationships. When God created us, he created us with a capacity to be in relationship. Thus, he says in the beginning in Genesis, Jimmy says, it's not good for man to be alone, that we are supposed to be in relationship with one another. Pastor Mark is what he is telling us and reminding us is that all of us are intended to connect one to another. And if any of you ever been in a relationship, you know that it's kind of a roll of the dice. You know, oh, I said the wrong thing, didn't I? 
you, you know that in relationships, there are ups and there are downs. There are some relationships that really, if we're honest about it, aren't as good as they ought to be. Some relationships are even broken. Some are in need of reconciliation. No matter how close you are in the bloodline, doesn't mean you're always connected to people with your same blood. And somebody in here need to say amen, amen. particularly if they're not with you in here, okay? Uh, but, but, but relationships are, are difficult to, to manage Relationships are difficult at times to maintain. But the one relationship that we must always strive to grow in, Sister Mary Lou, the one relationship we must always strive to go deeper in, the most essential relationship that you can have in your life is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Growing in relationship with Christ is the most important decision of life. I really want to impress that upon you because there are some benefits that you only get when you're in relationship with Christ Jesus. And those of us who walked with Christ, had some tenure being in relationship with him, can testify that our lives dramatically changed when we said yes to Jesus Christ. That, that you felt the sense of forgiveness. You felt a, a love unlike any other. Anybody in here can testify that you felt a peace unlike any other. That you felt within your soul that God had done something unique in your life. That you stand here today, you can sit here today and testify that the person I used to be before I came to Christ is not the same person I am today. And the only reason I am who I am today is because of the grace of God. There's a great benefit but then of being in relationship with Christ. And that benefit is Christ himself, the very presence of God, to be in relationship with God, to know that God is available and accessible to you, to know that God loves you and that you have the capacity through the Spirit of God to love God, to know that God is there for you. Maybe you're not in here with me. Maybe it takes you a little time to reflect on your life, to see all the times God has been there for you. But if you look back over your life, you can check some moments in your life where you didn't get yourself through, no one else got you through. Some people may have walked out on you, but God was there to deliver you. I'm not the only one in here who knows that our God blesses us with a unique relationship with him when we come to him through Jesus Christ. And so this is who the Holy Spirit is speaking to, those of us who have said yes to a relationship with Christ, those of us who have accepted the Lord's invitation to go into life with him. This passage speaks to us. And to those of us who have yet, you're on the fence, you're trying to determine whether or not this is the life for you, I want to invite you to listen in just for a moment. I want you to lean in because I, you need to discover that there are certain things you can only obtain through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the presence of God in your life continually from the present life into eternity. Maybe you don't know how good that is, but that God would be with you in... Mm, Okay, let me, let me help you here. That God would be with you with all that God knows about you, that God would still be with you and won't leave you, that God loves you enough that he'll forgive you, that he'll carry you, even in seasons where you didn't think you could be carried, God is able to uphold you. That was, that's what happens when you're in a relationship with Christ. When you're in a relationship with Christ, you get to know God personally. You get to know the person of Christ as the Savior of your life. And I promise you, your life, on the, on the, on the principle and power of God's word, your life will never be the same.
And so he writes to us. And he says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. Now, Paul is writing to people that he's never met. He hasn't met them, and yet he's heard of them. It's wonderful when people can hear of your faith before they even know who you are. He he hears of their faith. He hears of their commitment to God. And so he's writing this letter of encouragement. The Holy Spirit has prompted his heart to write this letter of encouragement to these believers in Colossae that they might be encouraged to continue their walk with Jesus Christ. The reason being is because there are sometimes forces and people and false teachings that will try to get you to detour from your devotion to Christ. And he was writing to them because his intention is for them to remain committed to Christ. And so when you read this passage, read it as God's message to you. Those of you who've been in Bible study on Wednesday nights, you know this particular text because we've been studying Colossians all through the month. And we'll wrap it up this month on Wednesday night at 645, but not this week because this week is what? VBS, there's my crowd on that side, y'all. VBS, there's a reason why I'm wearing this. I'm out of my element. This is just not, but, but because it's necessary, because sometimes being obedient to Christ, he'll put you in some uncomfortable positions. That might be my own testimony right now. Uh, but, but he does that in order to grow you. I really want you to understand something, that when you are striving to grow in your relationship with Christ, it's one thing to, to grow, but it's a whole thing, another thing to grow when know that you have those who are, will be coming against you. There are some forces that were coming against them. Really, there was some false teaching, um, Brother Doug, that you know that was coming against them because there are those people who were teaching something about Christ that wasn't true about Christ. You see, they were trying to say that Christ was uh, just human, but he wasn't divine. Uh, Then others were saying that, well, he's divine, but he really wasn't human. And then there are others who who were saying that, well, well, Christ was was just um, a a prophet that was coming, but he was not the Messiah. So notice how Paul opens this text in that sixth verse. He says, as you received, and make sure you underline it, Christ Jesus the Lord. Don't run past this because it's the first time Paul actually, and the only time in the New Testament where Paul uses this phrase, Christ Jesus the Lord, in that he encapsulates all of who Christ Jesus is. And it's one thing for us to say that we know about Christ, but when you know Christ, you know Christ Jesus the Lord. I'm coming to get you in a moment because when he says Christ, he is asserting God's deity. He's asserting that Christ is God, that he is divine, that he is fully God. But hold on, he says Christ Jesus. For those of those who thought he was only divine, he goes in and puts his proper name and says, oh, but he's also Jesus, meaning that he's fully human. He's humanity as well. Hold on, you got a God, Christ Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, but you thought that was enough? No, he says, and he's also Lord. You're missing it already, aren't you? He's saying that Christ Jesus is fully God, fully man, and he's Lord of all, which means there's nothing above him. There's no authority greater than him. So when you're in relationship with him, there's nothing you can't do through him. I heard Paul tell me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me Anybody know your word in here? Has God given you strength to go through some stuff you never knew you'd be able to go through? Has God been able to carry you through stuff you never knew you'd be able to carry through? Stuff you never dreamed you'd have to face. God was able to carry you through it because you weren't facing it by yourself. I can do all. Is there anything too hard for God? No, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. 
I'm getting too excited. I'm supposed to calm down. I, uh, you should have put me in a t-shirt, you know. I, but, but I want you to see the text because he says for all of us, and here's a challenge, is that we must grow in our relationship with Christ. He says, as you have received it, you have all of Christ, the empowerment of the Spirit of Christ in your life, that when you say yes to Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, you don't get a part of Christ, you don't get a fraction of Christ, you get all of the Spirit of Christ, all of the power of Christ within your life. And the power of Christ enables you to live the life that God is calling you to live. So there he says, since you've received the Lord Jesus Christ, you ought to walk in him. Walk in him. Walking speaks of a progress, speaks of progression in the relationship. I'm looking at some, some, um, some engaged couples in the audience. I, I know who you are. Um, I, I, won't, I won't spill the beans just yet until you set the date, but, but, but I see you here. And it's one thing, uh, to, it's one thing to, to have a promise. Uh, that's what an engagement is all about. You know, it's, it's a promise. But if that promise is never have any progress to it, that there's no fruition, then, then that promise becomes a broken promise. But one thing I love about God's Word is that His promises always come to fruition. And what it is that it requires us to have some activity in it. Don't miss this. Please don't miss this. But if you're going to grow in your relationship with Christ, it's going to take you doing your part. Amen. I, want you to, I want you to understand this. You're going to have to do your part. See, because growth with Christ requires a commitment of time and attention. Like any other relationship in life, if it's going to go anywhere, if it's going to become all that is intended to become, it requires time and attention. Somebody say time and attention. That's what, really what it takes, because if a wife was in a relationship with her husband, if he wasn't giving her time and attention, or vice versa, then there'll be a problem in the relationship. Well, in like manner, that's just a, a mere illustration of how our relation is, relationship is with Jesus Christ. That if you want to grow with Christ, if you want to grow in your relationship with him, it's not going to happen by osmosis. It's going to require some time and attention. It's going to require time in prayer, where you're spending time speaking to God. It's going to require some time and study and discernment where you're looking at the Word of God. It's going to require some time in worship where you're seeing God for who He is, high and lifted up, and you're putting everything under His feet. It's going to require that you spend some time. It's going to require that you make some time on your calendar for God, that you set a date, that you set a time in your day to spend with God. It's going to require that you go into your Word because growth starts when you start doing your part. Oh, you're not with me just yet. Let me just say that one more time. Your growth will start when you do your part. See, when Jesus was uh, on the boat with Peter, when Jesus was on the boat with Peter and Peter had toiled all night and he caught no fish, um, then Jesus said, let me on the boat. Jesus gets on the boat with him. What I love about it is that Jesus is on the boat with Peter. Don't miss this. He's on the boat with Peter. Peter is going to where Christ tells him to go, and still he doesn't get any fish until Peter picks up his net and throw his net in. Then he receives the fish that was, oh, you're not with me just yet here. Let me help you understand something. You got to do your part. There's a woman with an issue of blood for 12 long years. She had an issue for 12 long years. She saw Jesus in the vicinity. She didn't just think about Jesus making a way for her. No, the Bible says she, she, she stretched her hands. She touched the hem of his garment. She did her part. And when she did her part, the fountain of, that was flowing in her body had come to a stop. She felt a healing and there was growth in her life. Why? 
because she did her part. Come here. Some of us right now, the honesty, the honest truth is you've been sitting in here. We come on Sunday, but we haven't opened our Bibles. We haven't prayed to the Lord, and we're wondering why we're still in the same stagnant state that we're in when it comes to our spiritual life, when the reality is God is still waiting for you to get up and do your part, that you put him first, make him priority, that you seek him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. Ah, I got to hurry on here. Um, he says, therefore, as you receive, so walk in him. This is why VBS is all important. This is why teachers have been preparing for VBS. This is why trainers and, and, and been equipping for VBS. This is why hours and months have been planning and planning VBS. Why? Because we know of the importance of discipling the next generation that they might know God and be able to walk in him, that they might know the promises of God and the biblical accounts of what God has done, that they might be able to grow and be who God has called them to be. But I'm not done yet because we're in verse 6. Because Christ sets the condition for maximum growth. Here's the good news, Yen, is that, that he, doesn't, he doesn't command us to grow without putting us in a condition and setting that we're able to grow. That, that, that he's the kind of God that he'll set the situation up so that, that which he's calling you to do, he's already empowered you to do it, but you have to be obedient enough to walk into it. He says walk in him. Here it is. Uh, he goes on to say, since we walk in him, look, at, look with me at verse uh, 7. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. He said, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. There in our lessons through Colossians on Wednesday night, we're talking about how that first chapter and the second chapter of Colossians were talking all about the Christian's walk in the spirit. I want you to show, I want him to show you that graphic there of the Christian walk, because from the first chapter, you'll see that he told us to walk worthy in a manner of the Lord, walk worthy of the Lord. And then he says, bearing fruit in 110, growing like a tree, gaining strength and giving thanks. And in the like manner, in the second chapter, look what he says. Here's our part now. Walk in him. That's our responsibility, to walk in him. But hold on. Firmly rooted, being built up, established, Oh, that's God's part. We don't know when to shout, do we? Here it is. Uh, let me try that again. Uh, he tells us that our job is to follow him, is to focus on him. And as we focus on him, God is doing a work on us. Mm. Isn't it good that God is not telling you to work on you? Because you've been working on you all your life and you know what that got you. But what's beautiful about this text is that it's God who's doing the work. He says, you're rooted in him. Notice, what you're rooted in something is sustaining you. It's keeping you. It's nourishing you. You're rooted in it, which means that when the winds blow, there's something that is holding you, and that, which is, that is what you are rooted to, that when you are in Christ, getting your nourishment from Christ, that you are dedicated to the things of Christ, that you're getting your strength from the Word of Christ, then your life will reflect that Christian walk and and when the trouble comes, and it will come, and when the trials come, and they will come, and when, when people come to make, make trouble in your life, and don't look around right now, but that, that, that's going to happen, you can hold on because you know who's holding on to you because you're rooted in him. Yeah. I'm getting excited, but I'm trying to, trying to slow up for a moment because not only are you rooted, he says you're being built up. 
and this is continual. This is Ayana. This is he's building, but he never stops building. You're missing it already. This, this is good news for me. I get excited about this because that means, Sonia, I don't have to build myself. My role, my role is to see him, follow him, walk in him, do what he tells me to do, be obedient to his command, trust him in all things. And he is building me up. You're missing it. Because if he's building you up, it means his hands are on you. That, 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 means in his, that means that he already has projected what you are going to be as he's building you up. He's constructing you, but if his hands are on you, he's also protecting you. I love this because sometimes there are those, look my cousin in the house, sometimes there are those who will try to come and tear down what God is building up. But let me tell you a promise from Christ, what he said about his church. He said that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the best place to be, the most protected place to be is in the church because God's hand is all over the church. Yeah. Oh, he said it's, it's being built up. Ah, but then he says that you are established. It's right there in the text. He says, rooted and built up in him and established in faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. I love this part because not only does it show us that we are rooted and built, built up in him and established in him, um, it reminds us that we are connected one to another, and the way we grow in Christ is to be with one another who are like-minded about Christ. Let me work for a moment here, because the reality is, is that sometimes you need to check your relationships to make sure that your relationships are adding to your life and not taking away from you're, who am I talking to in this place here? That, that, that sometimes you need to check because sometimes there are some people who are sent not by God, but sent by the enemy to try to take away from your life, take away from your joy, take away from your strength. And God tells us every now and then, we got to check our association because if you don't love Christ the way I love Christ, then that tells me it's only so far we can go in our relationship with one another because the reality is, is that Christ has done so much for me that it's hard for me to just want to be around you if you don't understand understand the Christ that I love and the Christ that loves me. I, I just got to be honest about it. Here's the deal. I'm going to tell you, what, people might get sick of you and got mad at you because every time they talk to you, like every time you talk, I hear you talking about Christ. Every time you're saying something, you're saying something about the Lord. Well, you know what? That's a good indictment because anytime you're in love with somebody, you ought to be able to talk about them. Anytime you know that somebody loves you, you ought to be able to say something about it. Why? Because there's no one who's going to love you the way Christ loves you. No one's going to lay their life down the way Christ has loved that his life down for you. No one's going to forgive you like Jesus Christ has forgiven you, and no one's going to accept you, receive you the way you are, and give you unconditional love the way he does, except Jesus Christ. Yeah. Here's the reality. He says, uh, just as you were taught. That means you have to practice the lessons you've learned as you live your life with Christ. Because if we're walking in Christ, if we're walking in him, there ought to be progression. I'm walking. I'm not stagnant. I'm, I'm walking, which means that there's a destination that I'm headed to, but my role is to follow who's leading me. You notice he said, Christ Jesus, the Lord, which means he's the one who leads. And so as you follow who is leading you, what happens is there's something that will happen on the inside of you. You're not with me just yet here, but I hope I, hope I get you in a moment. Here it is. That as I'm walking, I don't always get it right. Okay, I'm the only one in here. Um, 
As I'm walking, I don't always say what I'm supposed to say. As, as I'm walking, there are times in which I succumb to the flesh. But here's the reality. I'm still walking. Some of you, 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 need, to, you need to hear something because the, Satan comes to accuse you. Satan comes to try to get you to stop in the progress. Satan comes to say, see, you messed up. You said you were a Christian. You said you were saved. You said you were following Christ. Look at you. Look at you. Look at what you did last night. Look what you did last week. But here's the good news that when you belong to Christ, all you got to do is get up. Up, dust yourself off and keep on walking. You're not with me just yet here. Because it speaks to progression. And there ought to be a progression in our relationship with Christ. And that progression begins to show up in our lives because we put into practice what we've learned and we practice gratitude for all spiritual progress. And I really want you to get this. Look at what he says. He says in text. He says that you've received from Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk in it, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, which means you're not, you're not going anywhere. You're, you're, you're rooted. You're, you're established. You're secured. He says, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for everything that Christ has done for me and what Christ is still doing in my life. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for the progress that I'm making. Anybody in here, I just need you to reflect just for a moment. In a little while we got left here, I need you to reflect just for a moment what your life was like five years before you knew Christ. What your life was like uh, 10 years before you knew Christ. I need to reflect for a moment what your life was like last year before you knew Christ and look now at your life. Look at where you were and look at where you are and all you see is evidence that Christ has been with you and he says now you abound in thanksgiving for that. That if God has blessed you to grow in a relationship with Christ, you be thankful for that. There's a reason why you ought to say thank you, Lord, because God hasn't given up on you. You ought to say thank you, Lord, because God is still with you. You ought to say thank you, Lord, that he's giving you strength to start over again. You ought to say thank you, Lord, that he didn't give you just a second chance and a second chance. He gave you another chance and another chance and another chance. And every time you get to him, you ought to say thank you, Lord. He woke me up this morning. God, I thank you because I know I did enough yesterday because the wage of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. God, I thank you because I don't deserve it, but you love me enough to give it to me. I, you, am I the only one in here that's thankful to God? Or do you have some reason to be thankful to God? God, I thank you that when I walked away from you, you didn't walk away from me. God, I thank you that when I threw in a towel, you didn't throw me in. God, I thank you that when I gave up, you held me up. Got anybody in here? God, I thank you. When I didn't know where my help was going to come from, my help came from you. God, I thank you. I got a reason to thank you. Everything may not be right, but I'm glad that you're right there with me. God, I thank you. I thank you that when I wanted to give up on my life, you wouldn't let me. God, I thank you that when no one else was going with me, God, you were still with me. God, I thank you. And if you're here today, then you ought to be able to get on your feet and say, God, I thank you. Because had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, had it not been for God who's been with me, had it not been for the one who forgave me and loved me, I would not be here, God, I. While we're on our feet, that's exactly what we're here to do. We're here to thank him. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. 
To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.